if you have your Bible, turn with me to Second Kings chapter 2, verse 19. And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth. But the waters is not, and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new cruise, and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth into the spring of the waters, and cast the sword in there, and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters, that shall not be from hence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed until this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. This morning, I will talk about the springs of Jericho. The springs of Jericho. And I'm going to talk about the life of a great prophet in the Old Testament. You know, God is an almighty God, and I write to, like to read you a verse, some verse here. He says this, For Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name, in the book of Isaiah, I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none else, there is no God beside me. I gird thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. God says, from the rising of the sun to the going down, He will be known as the Lord. He will be known as the God of the earth. From the east to the west, talks about the horizontal plane. That means on the face of the earth, upon planet earth, there is no other God beside Him. He is the God, the only Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. And He says here in Isaiah 45, in verse 4, He says this, I have surnamed thee. The word surname. You know you have a surname? Every one of you have a surname, right? You come from a, a family by that name. You are known by that name. Some came from the Lee family. Some came from the Soul family and so on. So you have a surname. The word surname comes from the Hebrew word kana. And kana means to address by an additional name. God gave you an additional name before you are born. Surely, why you are Shirley? Because God surnamed thee before you know Him. You don't choose that name by chance. You don't pick that name by random. God gave it to you even before you are born again. God surnamed you. You know, Josephine, 
You didn't take that name by chance. God surnamed you before you know Him. And the word Josephine comes from the word Joseph. It means God will add. Next year, there will be an addition into your life. God will add to you that you have never added before. The God will add to you. There will be an addition. Quality, quantity will be added to you as you become faithful to minister unto Him. Amen? Just like the word Sarah. Well, we have two Sarah here. Alright? The word Sarah comes from a Hebrew word means princess, queen. <laughs> She's married. <laughs> but do you know there's an extended meaning to the name Sarah? That you may know the destiny that's found within that name. Because the word Sarah comes from a Hebrew, Hebrew word means a head person, kapala. He's the head of the household. The chief, captain, general or governor. And it actually speaks. Where Sarah comes from a root meaning, it means this. A spirit of dominion. That is your destiny. But that spirit of dominion will not come forth until and until that person abide by the principle of submission. Amen? So, get ready. Spirit of dominion is arising. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's what I, I did, you know, this last two weeks. As I began to explore my name, I began to find out more and more about my name. It's so exciting. Do you know the word Jedi Dyer? It's beloved of the Lord. The word beloved means darling in the Hebrew. And it also means this. The word beloved in the Hebrew means David. The David of the Lord. Hey, that's interesting, amen? So name brings forth the destiny in Christ. So go and search out your name and call it forth. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now we can come back to it. Because next year the Lord wants spirit of dominion to arise in, in you, from you, and through you. Amen? Praise God. The springs of Jericho. One of the first things that I want to pass on to you this morning is that... Revelation is progressive. When God told Moses on Mount Sinai, He said, build me a tabernacle according to the heavenly pattern. So God showed him a revelation. So firstly, God showed him the linen curtain that came around the tabernacle. A, a piece of white linen cloth. So he saw the righteousness of Christ. So that's the first revelation that he moved in. Then the Lord described to him the outer court. Then he had another revelation of Christ as a sacrifice. Then he moved in further. He moved into the holy place. He saw a new revelation of the church and the Holy Spirit. And then finally when he moved into the second veil, he found another revelation. There was an ark. And in between the cherubims lies the Shekinah glory of the Father. So revelation is progressive. But this morning you ask, what is revelation? Revelation in a Hebrew means the stripping or removing away the veil of darkness. I put it simply this, a glimpse beyond the veil. When you move from the first veil, you saw the Holy Spirit. When you move into 
move beyond the second veil, you see the Father. So Revelation is a glimpse that God gave you a special insight beyond the veil. That is Revelation. Revelation is a state of inspired knowing. Amen? A newness of truth, or new light shed upon the truth of Jesus Christ. But this morning I would say that Revelation, the essence of Revelation, is that it is known as progressive revelation. It moves. It's not stagnant. God gave, first of all, the name Jesus through the angels. His name shall be called Jesus. And Jesus means Savior. Then later on, add one more word. He says, Jesus Christ, the anointed Messiah. So Revelation is always progressive. Amen? What is progressive revelation? Progressive revelation is an expanded expansion of heightened awareness. A new dimension of greater degree of knowing. When you have revelation, you cherish it. You love it. But don't idolize it. That's what happens to many people. They preach their pet doctrine. So don't idolize it. Amen? Why revelation is so important? The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. The word vision there in the Hebrew means revelation. Without revelation, the people perish. The word perish means wander to and fro without a destination. Amen. Revelation is important. So this morning, I will say to you, revelation is progressive. And that day, as we have read 2 Kings chapter 2, you see, God, every time God releases a revelation into the church, into the world, into the nation of Israel, He brings forth a person or an army of believers. And in those days, the first revelation, after many years of backslidden, God sent forth a man to reveal a new revelation to the nation of Israel. And his name was Elijah. Elijah was a man that God brings forth the first revelation of who God is. Elijah, in the Hebrew means, Yah is God. Yah is a short form name of Jehovah or Yahweh. So Yah is God. Amen? If Yah is God, Baal is not God. That's what the essence of Elijah ministry was to confront Baal worship that day. He says, God is Jehovah. You know that the devil loved and lusted for worship. He told Jesus in the 40 days temptation, he says, bow down and worship me and I'll give you the kingdom, the glory of the kingdom of this world. The devil lusts for worship. Only God is the only supernatural being that deserves all praise and worship. So all other names are demonically inspired. In India, there are 330 million demonic names that long for worship, where God says, I call my name the God of Elijah. Yah is God. God is Jehovah. There is no other God beside Him. That was the first revelation. That God's name is called Jehovah. Any other name is not God. Amen? So, Jehovah is God. That was the first revelation. 
when God brings forth a second revelation. You see, revelation is progressive. You know why? Because God says, many of you have founded a revelation many years ago, and you stayed at the plateau of the revelation. But God this morning is telling you, don't idolize it, don't cherish it. And until you stay at a low level, move on to a higher level. This morning, some of you, I'm speaking to you, you have to move on to a new rev- revelation, a new understanding of God and His Word. Don't stay at that level. Move on. Revelation is progressive. So God sent for a second man to reveal a second revelation of Jehovah God. And this time, He sent for a man called Elisha. And Elisha in the Hebrew means Yah is salvation. God is our Savior. Thousands of years before Jesus Christ come, God says, I'm going to tell them that I'm going to bring forth a Savior into this world. And I'm going to nickname that man to typify the forerunner of the coming Messiah. His name shall be called Elisha. So that day, God sent a second revelation into the nation of Israel. Whenever God gave you a revelation, be ready to receive another. Every generation, God sent forth a new revelation. During Elijah's days, it was Elijah the prophet. During Elisha's days, it was Elisha the prophet. At every generation, there is a new awareness of the truth of God. So revelation is progressive. Just like in the 1990s, there will be a revelation of the fullness of the sonship. The theme of the 1990s will be the maturing of the saints. Amen? And the theme message will be repentance. Watch for it. It's coming. The prophets will be coming to the churches preaching repentance and holiness. Amen? So, God brings a second revelation to them. He says, my name is salvation. People of God, though Elijah has passed away, behold, I am still around. And I'm sending a new anointing. And this man, Elisha, will guide you all the days of your life. Amen? So be not sad when Elisha, the old God, passed away. God will send forth the new Elisha. The new Elisha of the 90s is coming. The Elisha of God is coming Upon planet earth. During Elijah's day, there was eight miracles. During Elisha's day, there were 16 miracles. The greatest signs and wonders is coming in the 1990s. Look out and behold, the new Elisha of the 90s is coming. Over your career, he's the God of Elisha. The God of salvation. Salvation will come into your career. Over your family, He's called the God of Elisha. Over your career, over your family, over your studies, over your situation, over your nation, He's God. Elisha. Yeah, is salvation. Behold, salvation is knocking at a door. Do not be down. Redemption, draw nigh. Look up. Hallelujah. Elisha is coming. Amen. Salvation is coming back to the church. The church is going to have the mentor of miracles and signs and wonders. So look out. Exciting times are coming. Amen.
So that day, Elisha came upon the earth. During Elisha's day, there was the understanding of the almightiness of God and the miracles of God. But during Elisha's day, there was abundant miracles. There was a principle to abide by. One level is called the level of miracle anointing. The second level, you move higher, is to move into a level called miracle-mindedness. Every day we must be miracle-mindedness like all Roberts. Believe God for a new miracle every day. That's what Elisha moved into. Miracle-mindedness. Miracles move and continue from generation to generation. From the generation of Elijah to the generation of Elisha. Miracles live on because God is alive. Because the God of miracles, the God of Elisha and Elisha is alive today. God of miracles is alive today. But I'm also, more specifically, He's not only the God of miracles, He is God is miracles. The essence of miracles is to point to God. I'm telling you, God is sending forth His miracles into the church in the 1990s. So look out for it, amen? God is miracle. Elijah, Elijah associated with Elijah. He lived with Elijah and he saw the miracles of Elijah performing in the name of the Lord Jehovah. And that gave him an understanding. You can expect for a miracle. And that was imprinted into his memory. And what happened? He performed more miracles. And from the life of Elijah to the life of Elisha, God is telling us one thing. Have a greater expectation of miracles. Have a greater faith level for miracles. During Elijah's days, there were eight miracles. But during Elisha's days, there were more miracles. I'm telling you, have a greater expectation. Greater faith level for miracles in the 1990s. It's coming to the church. It's coming to this church. Miracles are coming. I'm saying miracles are coming in the 1990s. Amen? The name Elisha means God saves. It evoked the memory of Joshua that was dead many years ago. Because the name Joshua means the Lord saves. Similar. Amen? This morning I present to you do you know that your name evoke the memory of Christ Jesus? Just like Elisha means God saves, evoke the memory of Joshua, the Lord saves, similar. Your name evoke the memory of Christ Jesus. You know why? Your name is called Christian. The first six letter is Christ. Christian. You are supposed to evoke the memory of Christ. You are supposed to present the gospel to the nation of this world through your name. Christian. Christ. Let me give you one step further this morning. The word Christ comes from a Greek word kios. It means the anointing. Do you know that in the Old Testament there are armor bearers? of the king, you are anointing barrier 
of Jehovah God. You are supposed to carry the anointing. The name speaks of the anointing. You carry the anointing with you. You are the anointing barrier. Pastor, I don't believe it. Romans 11 says, you are the olive tree, the wild olive tree. What does olive tree produce? Olive tree produces the anointing oil. You are the anointing barrier. You carry the presence of God into the nation of the world. You carry the presence of God to your family. You carry the presence of God to your career, to your job, working place. Do you know your name, Christian? It's so awesome. That's what Elisha did. He bring forth a message of salvation to the nation of Israel. You are supposed to bring forth the message of the anointing. I am the anointed one here. I can lay hand on the sick and they will be healed. I cut off devil in the name of Jesus and you, I lay hand on you. You speak with new tongues. I say unto you, you shall be saved because I am the anointed one. Your name evokes the ministry of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. You know that because his name is similar to the name of Joshua, which typifies Jesus Christ. Do you know the first miracle of Jesus is the healing of the waters at the wedding at Cana? He says, Let the water be turned to best wine in John chapter 2. The first miracle of Jesus. Do you know the first miracle of Elisha is the miracle of the waters? And in the ministry of Jesus Christ, he fed 5,000 people. And in the ministry of Elisha, he fed 100 people with 20 barley loaves. In 2 Kings chapter 4, his ministry speaks of that. And from there we have an understanding. What understanding? Firstly, Elisha healed the water. First ministry of Jesus, the miracle of Jesus is to heal the waters. Speaks of what? Exodus 15. He's the Lord that healed thee. At Marah, the waters, God performed the first miracle. After the opening of the Red Sea, the first miracle ever performed before the nation of the Israel. Not before the, the nation of Egypt. Before the nation of Israel. For the covenant people. He healed the waters. The first miracle of God is healing of the waters. To tell them, I am the Lord that healed thee. God wants to heal every relationship. Your relationship with your father and your mother, your relationship between the husband and the wife, your relationship between your teachers and you, and the relationship between you and the boss. God wants a healing to take place. Then what happened? The feeding of the 5,000. That speaks after the healing, you come into the covenant relationship. God becomes your shepherd. The word shepherd in the Hebrew means a feeder. God feeds you. After the healing of the waters, God sends forth the manna. So every revelation is progressive. First revelation, after Elijah is Elisha, light beget light. A prophetic man with a prophetic anointing gives birth to another man with a prophetic anointing. Light beget light. Secondly, there's a law of growth. With eight miracles, it progressed to 16 miracles. That speaks to us. Of all, from the 1940s until now, God is getting ready. Not only to produce light beget light, but the law of increase. Increase of the revelation of the word, increase of miracles, increase of worship life, everything will be on the increase in the 1990s. Amen? God spoke to Kenneth Hagen in 1991, camp meeting. He says, the year of increase is coming, is coming, is coming. Amen? So Elisha came. Elisha received fourfold heritage. 
from Elijah. The first thing that he received from Elijah is that he received from Elijah the mantle of Elijah. The mantle is in the form of cloth, cloth, you know, cloth. And that speaks about the same anointing. And secondly, he received Elijah's God. That means Saint Jehovah. He received Elijah's spirit. That means Saint's presence. He received from Elijah the same office. Same prophetic office. And that speaks to us this morning that we have the same inheritance as Jesus Christ. Same God, same presence, same anointing, and same ministry to reconcile the world unto God. We have the same inheritance. You don't have to claim for inheritance. You just have to learn to walk in it. Amen? Walk in it! And you will find that the same presence, the same anointing, the same blessing that fall upon Jesus will fall upon you because your name is called Christian. Why talk about miracles? Because in Isaiah 9, 6, he says, His name shall be called Wonderful. How sweet is that name? I say, how wonderful are you? You know the word wonderful in the Hebrew, it means pala. And pala in the Hebrew means miracle. His name shall be called miracle. Every time you shout the name of Jesus over the sick body, there will be miracles of healing. Amen? Every time you shout the name, miracle over a demonic case, demons will go. Amen? His name shall be called miracle. Praise God. Let's turn back to 2 Kings chapter 2. These men of the cities were the servants of the 50 prophets. There were 50 prophets, and these men bring Elisha to the city. And this city is called Jericho. He says this. He says, look at the city. Look at the glory of the city. But I must tell you something. The water is not, and the ground is barren. Jericho is one of the most beautiful cities in the wilderness of Judea. Lies 200 meters below sea level. A beautiful city where there are two springs that water that city. The climate is dry and hot, but there are two springs that water that city. It's very beautiful. But the day, the man gave Elisha a report of that city. And these men were actually the servants of the sons of the prophets. The sons of the prophets. The word son in the Hebrew means Ben. Where's Ben? <laughs> it means Ben. And then means this, a builder. It also means to bring the message of restoration. The sons of the prophet have a prophetic message to the nation of Israel that is to build and restore Israel from the ruins, beginning with Jericho. But they did not do the job. They have the title, but do not have the power. They have the title, but they do not have the mantle. 
then. The word prophet means Nabi. Nabi in the Hebrew means inspiration. Inspired prophecy. Prophet. So they are a prophet bringing the message of restoration as spiritual Nehemiahs. But they did not take the job in the city of Jericho. Because they did not do their job, God raised up a new prophet. And this time he raised up a humble man by the name of Elisha. Elisha told Elijah, give me the double portion of the Spirit. To a Jewish mind, double portion is given only to the firstborn child. So Elisha is telling Elijah, before you depart into the heavens, give me the portion of the firstborn. That means, let me be your son. Let, let me be your son and let me address you as my father. And God gave the double portion to Elisha through Elijah. So that day, he was, Elisha was also called the son of a prophet. There was a son of a prophet over this side. There were sons, 50 sons of the prophet over the other side of the Jordan. But this man has the anointing. He did the job. The other side they don't have. They were spectators looking at something. Many successes, but few success. So he received a double portion. And he was the one that brings restoration to the nation of Israel. God will pick you. Rise up and take on that great commission. If you will not, God will lay you aside. God will raise up new prophets, new teachers, new evangelists, new pastors, new teachers, and so forth. So God is looking for the new Elishas in the 1990s. And God is ready to pour His anointing on you. Who are the ready vessels? Who will be the one that is ready for the double portion? Give you the key. Elisha walked very closely to Elijah. Elijah means what? Elijah means Yah is God. That means if you walk very closely to God, if you stick very closely to God, you are ready for the double portion. Intimacy produces the double portion anointing. This decade will be known as the decade of intimacy with God. Amen? And there will be a double portion and the church will once again be the beacon and the lighthouse to the world. Amen? They lack the anointing. So you are called Christian. Amen? So please carry the title with the anointing. David said, let me anoint myself afresh with fresh oil from on high. Carry the title with the same anointing. John, 1 John chapter 1 verse 2, chapter 2 verse 27, the same anointing abides within you. Amen? Christ. Do you know what the word Christian means? It means twofold. Listen very carefully. Christ means anointing. Christian means the anointed Christ-like ones. Joined together, you have two things. The gifts and the fruits of the Spirit. If you say you are Christian, you must bear the anointing. If you say you are Christian, you must have the fruits. The anointed Christ-like one. So don't be like the sons of the prophets to have the title, but do not have the mantle. I'm speaking to some of you, and God says, walk close to the God of Elijah, 
and you will have the same experience. Amen. So that day, Elisha came and bring a restoration. And he came to this city called Jericho. And he brought healing to that city. The new Elishas of the 90s is going to the cities and the nation to bring the message of restoration and the message of healing. You are the Elisha's generation, quote unquote. And bringing the message to the cities and the nations. Amen. So that day, Elisha typified the forerunner of many new Elishas in this decade, bringing forth the healing power of God to the city called Jericho. So what is the city Jericho called? Well, Jericho, in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 3, it means this, a city of palm trees. A city of palm trees. This Jericho is situated in the midst of the wilderness of Judea. Barren landscape, hot and dry, but in the midst of it, there is a city with two springs. And all the weary travelers will go there and rest and have the waters, the cool waters, seven up. They drank it down and cool and refresh them. They take a bath and refresh themselves. So Jericho speaks symbolically about the refreshing presence of God. Jericho is supposed to speak about the refreshing presence of God. And in the Hebrew, Jericho means fragrant, sweet aroma. Listen very carefully. All of you can be a Jericho city for Jesus. Because God says, Joshua, when you take the city, the cities of the land of promise, Jericho will belong to me, a tie. It's a tie unto me. That means, there are twofold meanings. If you are a tither, secondly, it says, this city is devoted to me. No one can touch it. Belongs to me, Jehovah God. That means, if you are a tither, secondly, if your whole life is devoted to God, you live a life of dedication, you are called Jericho, the fragrant one. And there will be a sweet aroma around your life. People say, what is the smell around you? So sweet. You know what is that? God is pleased with you. So you can be a Jericho if you are tither and if you give your life to Jesus wholeheartedly. Amen? So that's Jericho. So that day, they found something. They say that they have been carrying the burden. Because for many years, they experienced the beautiful setting. They said, wow, what a refreshing presence here. The palm trees, the waters, they enjoy themselves. And suddenly, one day, they found that the waters is not in the King James. The word not. And the ground is barren. For many years, the charismatic movement have been enjoying the refreshing presence of God since the 60s. They've been enjoying, enjoying. And this decade is a decade of dryness. Because many prophets have said that there's a wind that's blown into the body of Christ. There are great seasons of dryness coming to many Christians. And if you are, have years to hear, hearken and say, Oh, I will arise. Since 85, the prophets have been speaking about this dry season in the body of Christ. Everywhere people will be dry. All right, there's a, there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. Check. So there was dryness. And so they said, oh, and it's, it's so unbearable. So he poured the whole story of what happened in that city, the unproductive productiveness of the city to 
Elisha. So he says that the waters is not. You know the word not in the Hebrew means what? Ra. Ra means calamity, trouble, distress, evil, all kinds of sorrow will be found there. The word Ra is R-A. You have R-A movie, but you have R-A waters. The waters are very rough that day. And he said the crown is barren. Barren. You know what barren means? Charcoal. It means this. Three things. Suffer miscarriages. Childless. First Samuel 15.33 Cast its fruit before its time. Malachi 3.11 That means the palm trees in Jericho, they bear fruits. But they drop prematurely and die. And there's no seed remain to produce the second harvest. It drops prematurely. That day, they say, Prophet Elisha, I think my city experienced a curse. What is a curse? One definition of a curse is absence of fruit. If your life your ministry have no result. There is a curse. So that day, there's no fruits in Jericho for many years because the ground is barren. There is a curse upon the land. Where did that curse came from? Because of time factor, I'll just relate to you. Because in Joshua chapter 6, verse 26, Joshua, after conquering the city of Jericho because of the sin of Achan, he says that city will be devoted to God and nobody is supposed to build that city from the ruins. It belongs to God. And whoever built that city, there will be a curse upon that man. And during King Ahab's time in 1 Kings, there was a man who built that city. And because he built that city, in 2 Kings, they experienced the curse. Curse comes slowly. On that day when you built Jericho, you may not experience the curse. But the curse will come. The law of sowing and reaping, it will come slowly. So in first king, they built the city. In second king, the next generation received the curse. So they received the curse that day. No curse come without cause. So it came. And he says, Elijah, can you break that curse? This morning you ask yourself, Lord, my lives are watered by bad waters. My trees of righteousness does not bear fruits. I need a touch from you. My ground is cursed. My waters is cursed. If this is what you are, this message is for you. Amen? How to bring a refreshing presence back to the church? Jericho speaks about the refreshing presence. Acts chapter 3 gives us the answer. He says what? After repentance comes the refreshing of the Lord. If you see any dry Christians, quote unquote, down the streets, there's only one message you can give to him. Repentance. When Jesus came upon the scene, he only spoke one message. Repent for the kingdom of God draw nigh. So repentance before refreshing. What does refreshing mean? Refreshing has two meanings. Revival, it means a recovery of breath. If you are so-called dry, in the Hebrew means you are breathless. You have no breath. And revival means what? 
Refreshing means like I give you a breath, a fresh breath. There's a recovery of breath within you. Amen. So praise God for that. We have to bring forth the message of repentance to the church and to the world. So the land was dry, was barren, was cursed. What did Elisha did? Let's turn back to Second Kings to find out what did he do. In Second Kings, again, chapter 2, verse 20, Bring me a new cruise, a new bowl, and put salt in it. First he had salt with him. Secondly, he went to the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters that shall not be from hence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day. The sons of prophets cannot do a job. Sons of prophets with great anointings cannot do a job. Why? Because they lack one understanding. They've forgotten to tap into the corporate anointing. The sons of the prophets, if they come together, really have strong fellowship. They will have a strong prophetic anointing with the strong word of the Lord to give to Jericho. But they didn't. They are together but not united. In this 1990s, we're going to have a company of prophets, company of teachers, company of F, the fivefold ministry, companies of believers that will be unitedly drawing the corporate anointing. We must come back to the understanding of what is the meaning of the word church. We've got to understand what is the meaning of the word church. Forsake not the assembly of the saints. We must come back to it. Amen? So that day, he brings forth salt. And when he dropped the salt upon the springs, he says, Thus save the Lord, these waters were healed. That was the first miracle of Elisha. So the solution of Elisha is simply this. Get me salt. Then he go to the water and he speak to the waters. Salt heals. If you have an ulcer, you put salt on your mouth. It heals the wound. So salt, one of the meaning means salt has healing abilities. So salt heals. And he say the words over the waters. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from the destruction. Psalms 107 verse 20. That day, Elisha bring for one principle. Elisha's words were salted. I repeat again. Elisha's words were Sorted. That is the principle you must learn today. And with that, we have to turn to the New Testament to find out what you, is, does it mean by our words are sorted. First, turn to Colossians chapter 4. Elisha's words seasoned with salt. Colossians chapter 4. Verse 6. He says this, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Your speech, your word life, must be seasoned with salt. What is the meaning of seasoned with salt? Because, he gives us a clue there. He says in verse 6, 
Be always with grace. Gracious words proceeded out of the Son of Man when he preached the gospel. They say, what gracious words proceeded out of his mouth? Let your words be with grace. What do you mean, words be with grace? Well, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, the companion epistle to understand it better. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt communication, bad waters, R.A. waters, proceeded out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You are called to the ministry of edification. You are edificationists, not educationists. Don't educate the mind. Bring forth the spirit life. Amen? You are edificationists. So you edify the body. You speak good words. What is grace? Grace means full of goodness. Speak a kind word over people. Don't curse them. So what's the solution? If you have your springs is filled with bad waters. The word bad waters there doesn't mean that there's no water. It means stale and stagnant waters. What do you do? You speak words of healing. Words seasoned with salt grace over the situation. Speak words of grace, words of saltedness into the situation. Speak it over. You have a choice. James 3 says there are two kinds of springs. Fresh water and bitter water. The clue is, if you do not want your springs, your own Jericho, to have bad waters, from this day, begin to speak good words. Speak words of goodness. Speak kind words. Speak gracious words out of your lips. Or else, you begin to speak foul language, corrupt communication, communi- communicative words out of your mouth. You know what happened? You have bad words. R.A. So be like Elisha. Today, you are the ambassador of Christ. Check your springs. Look at your springs. Is the water very bad? Look at the ground in your own life. Is it barren? Why was there a curse? If there's a curse, forget about it. Rise up and speak healing to that ground. Speak healing to that water. Amen? So you have salt, and that's grace. You say, Lord, uh, let us come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace in time of need. Lord, obtain mercy from you. Obtain grace from you. And right now, Lord, I release grace. I release salt over my waters, over my land. And Lord, let there be healing. Heal my waters. Heal my ground. And let barrenness go. Let curse be broken in Jesus' name. Amen. Speak healing. Speak healing over the waters. And the waters will be healed. Amen. Let's close the eyes right now. I would suggest when you proceed on to the year 1993, bring forth fresh water before God. Bring forth fruitfulness in the year 1993. And I will suggest to you, speak words of healing right now into your own spring, into your own ground. Don't curse that ground anymore. Don't put a blame on it anymore. Don't say negative things over your own life anymore. Speak words of healing right now. Put salt back into your spring. Put salt 
back into your spring. When the waters is healed, the ground will be healed. When the waters is healed, the ground will be healed. Let thought comes into your speech life. And say, Lord, I repent of any words of corruption. Any negative words. And Lord, from now on, let my word be seasoned with grace. Let my waters will be fresh and my ground fruitful. Speak over your life, over your family. Look at the waters in your own family. Look at the waters and the ground in your own family and career, in your own studies. And speak that word of life right now. Speak that word of healing right now. And say it in the name of Jesus, for His name is called Wonderful. A miracle will happen. Speak that miracle into your own waters. And the waters will receive a miracle. And the waters will receive a breakthrough. There is a waters of breakthrough at Jericho. And the waters of breakthrough will come to pass in your life this year. In Jesus' name. Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, you're blessed. You're blessed. In the name of Jesus, you're blessed. I bless your waters and your bread. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. You are blessed to be a blessing. The blessings of Abraham come down upon you in Jesus' name. It floods your soul and your spirit and your body. You are healed, body, soul and spirit. You are strong in the power and the spirit of his might. Be healed right now in Jesus' name. Be strong in Jesus' name. Arise and shine, for the light has come into your life. You are strong in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. 